0: There were palm trees on 495 I wish there
1: were palm trees All right, welcome to the 495 podcast. This is uh, Michael White of Greater Long Island uh, with Nick Esposito behind the glass today. What's going on, guys? And today we're, we're with with uh, Jamie Bonanno of the Tap Room Empire, Bango Balls, Salt Shack. Hey, Mike. Hey, Nick. How's it going? The list is a little long. <laughs> Growing. <laughs> um, you know, Jamie and I have been, uh, you know, friends for years. I started uh, Greater Patchogue in 2015. He had already been in business at Tap Room. Uh, I wrote about some things early on about the Tap Room that blew up. I said, ah, oh, this guy's popular. I better just keep writing about him. Uh, no, thank you. No, appreciate the love over the years, for sure. And it's good to be back. We took a hiatus with COVID and, um, uh you know jamie kind of gave, gave us a kick in the ass that we needed it's a nice break to just sort of focus in on something else and not the day-to-day especially stuff. When you're having a nice uh a nice beer what are we drinking jamie uh,
0: that's that's a blue point um cold ipa right um you know tap room from day one and i can get into this a little more in the story but you know we blue point has been by our side since day one still are to this day done a lot of work with blue point um and i'm actually drinking a GSP Blonde, that's, you know, when it's the afternoon and it's a light beer and I don't need a heavy beer to knock me down, uh, the the GSP Blonde's... That's got the apricot flavor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: that was one of their first big hits. Yeah, yep. yeah, it's awesome. So. Yeah. And we're in Bayshore. We're at the tap room. We're upstairs. Exactly. Never got to see it, so... Oh, yeah, welcome. It's, it's beautiful. Congratulations on everything. Thank you. Um, so, Jamie, and you know, a full disclosure to the, to the listener, um, this was sort of Jamie's idea. Uh, he wanted to uh, sort of talk to us and get his story out. And I'm familiar with it to an extent, so hopefully, you know, we'll find out some more today. And I think it'll be a good show for would-be entrepreneurs. Um, and you're building this as a story of two broke bartenders.
0: Yeah, how, that's that's how, pretty much how it was. And, yeah, like you said, uh, it was my idea because, you know, especially recently, I've had a lot of my staff kind of coming up to me and saying, hey, uh, I'm interested in starting a business or a restaurant, and can you kind of tell me, like, how it started? So, uh you know just trying to be uh efficient as possible i was like i might as well record this so, yeah. so i'm not
1: repeating myself all now the time. you can just tell them listen to the <laughs> tape
0: listen to this and 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 uh you know there's many different ways and paths you can go down but this is kind of what worked for us and is mm-hmm. continue working so uh
1: so how how broke were you in uh <laughs> yeah
0: so, so <laughs> you and dave right well it was uh it was so it's back in early 2011 um my current partner dave and i we were bartending uh at a, another place up the road in patch and kind of just spitballing ideas like hey we should open a place one day you know we were serious but it w- there wasn't really that much of a concrete
1: plan we did kind of throw around some concept ideas um so you guys were both bonded you could say where it is right Dublin deck yeah right? both bartenders at Dublin deck how you were broke I don't know because I know how much cash flows through. That well board. I
0: was I was <laughs> broke because I actually saved all my money which is you know a, a, a lesson um but I was bartending Dublin deck saving my money and uh, I had just bought a house so I kind of renovated the house spent all the money um and uh and dave on the other hand um at the time had a big sneaker problem like he had a whole separate bedroom just for sneakers that's not the
1: problem i thought (laughs) you were going to say but okay that's better
0: he probably had a couple you know uh, hundreds (laughs) of pairs of sneakers so he had no money because he was blowing his money on sneakers (laughs) uh uh, i guess i was the more responsible one and i just bought a house but so uh we were bartending how old were um, you guys at the time i was 27 he was 26 uh so, um, you know, we were kind of just talking like, hey, we should open a place. Um, and uh, we were both uh, working at Dublin Deck. We called uh, the owner of the deck, um, Scotty, who also owned Parabell, which they're currently still in Patchogue next to the theater. But back in 2011, well, actually 2010, Parabell is, was where the current tap room is in Patchogue. Yeah, I remember
1: eating there when it was in the know? spot.
0: So uh, a lot of people don't remember, but when Parabell moved down the street, that storefront stayed vacant for like five months. Oh, I, didn't, um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so it, it was vacant. And they were still paying the rent? They were still paying the rent. So we called Scotty and he said, uh, you guys interested in doing something? I'm like, yeah, maybe. So he said, uh, meet me at the deck in 10 minutes. So Dave and I, like, you know, our eyes kind of popped in our head and we're like, mm-hmm. all right, let's go. So we went there and he was like, all right, what's your concept? And we're like, well, we think this craft beer thing is going to grow, right? So it's hard to imagine now because craft beer is in every restaurant. <laughs> but back then, um you know it's kind of hard to find an ipa so like you know we we want to have this place that has awesome beers we want to rotate the beers we want to give people the ability to experience and try different stuff um and we want to we don't want food to be the afterthought like most bars right like at the time it was kind of like you're a bar or you're a restaurant you're yeah, really, if you get
1: hungry you order a steak sandwich you, with yeah melted or like you get
0: you know like frozen poppers or frozen right. mozzarella sticks mm-hmm. but like you're going there to drink right so there wasn't we didn't feel like a concept that kind of straddled the middle. Like that was, you know, a cool enough place to want to be a bar and watch the game and drink and hang out, listen to some live music, whatever it may be. Um, but also a place that people are like, the food's good enough. We want to go just for the food. Right. So like that was the vision, um, which is cool. Cause that's what played out. Uh, I think nowadays yeah. it's a little more common, you know, the scratch kitchens and the re- sure, fresh. Yeah. But like,
1: <clears> yeah. You were ahead of the trend.
0: Yeah. But like 2011, that yeah. really, I, you know, wasn't,
1: uh, the case you know and and there were a few couple on the island doing craft beer i'm not sure about the food at those places i never really ordered it you know
0: so that that was the idea so we you know we're sitting with scotty and we're just like hey this is the place we want to open and uh, he had a partner and you're at the deck right now yeah we're we're at the deck so he's like um all right hold on he goes in the other room calls his partner john comes back in the room and says all right uh well we don't want to sell you the place but we'll partner 50 50. So we're like, all right, hold on. So me and Dave go in the other room. I'm like, hey, Dave, you got any money?
1: He's like, I just gotta sell some of my sneakers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I got nothing. He's like, you got anything? I'm like, I don't know. I probably have like 500 bucks. So I was like, look, let's just chalk this one up as a learning experience. I don't know what the money we need. We'll find out in five minutes. But whatever we need now, we only need half of it. Uh, we're both bartenders, you know, front of the house guys. We don't know really shit about the kitchen, uh, but. John's a great chef. Scotty's on multiple successful places in his in his career. So let's just partner with them, we'll learn, and then eventually we'll go off and do our own thing. So we went back in the room and we said, uh, um, all right, Scotty, you know, we're in. And he's like, all
1: right, well. Wait, wait, you didn't ask about the money yet? You know, he said, yeah, we're we were just
0: over in. But he was okay. like, you know, it was roughly, I can't remember the exact number, but it was somewhere around like 100 grand. Mm-hmm. So uh, he said, all right, um, you know, our, corporation's current our liquor license is current you know everything's new down the street we can open in a few weeks uh i'll call the attorney on monday i'll get the paperwork going so this went from like an idea to making a phone call to like an hour later we're handshaking and we got a deal going and now dave and i are walking out the door looking at each other like holy shit i think we just bought a restaurant and
1: we need like 100 grand yeah we just come up with 100 grand i like how we just said okay you didn't check your credit or anything
0: yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and, and which is like uh, a part of the story. Like I've went and spoken a couple of times, like high school kids on uh, entrepreneurship. And I kind of say like, you know, work ethic and character are something you can't turn that switch on when it's convenient for you. Right. So like I know for a fact, Scotty and John uh, were talking to other people's you know other people to potentially partner with and i had worked for scotty at that point for 10 years right so um he saw my work ethic he saw my character he saw my loyalty right i couldn't just all of a sudden that day flip on a switch and say hey i promise i'm gonna work hard right so it was like it was uh dave and i's um you know behavior for a decade prior i was gonna
1: ask that yeah, I'm sure a lot of this had to do
0: with And that's what ultimately gave us our opportunity, you know? So like when I've spoken to those high school kids, it's like, you know, now's the time to do the right thing when no one's looking. Right? Now, you know, now's the time to build your character. So uh so because of that, they were like, We want to partner with you guys. We left. Dave was like, Hey, I have an ex girlfriend uh whose dad is loaded, he'll probably lend us the money. I'm gonna call him, we'll meet with him on Tuesday. So we did He sits with us he's like let me see your business plan we're like uh what business plan he's like what are you gonna do with this we're like i don't know he's like what are you gonna do with that we're like we didn't really think of that And he's like i'm not lending you idiots any money right (laughs) so uh we're like all right this is gonna be a little harder than we thought um and then we really just hit the streets and i kind of just went to people um in my network friends family uh whoever it was and my pitch to them was like let me borrow 10 grand I'm going to pay you interest on that, right? So I'll pay you whatever, let's say 10% interest, interest only. So uh, at the start of the month, you know, I'm going to give you, um, you know, your your cut, like $83 or you know whatever that uh, comes out to. And I just kind of ask people their expectations. I would say, Mike, thanks for the 10 grand. When do you want it back? And yeah, uh, you know, I kind of need it back in six months. All right, Nick, when do you want it? You're going to give me 10% of my money, yeah. Keep it for as long as you want. That's a great return. I'm like, you know, so I just kind of figured out people's nice. expectations. And then Dave and I got, got to work. We managed. We hustled. We bartended. You know, we clawed and scratched to try to get that initial money back that we borrowed from people. Um, that was we, your first priority. That was our first priority. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I pitched that. I was like, look, if this doesn't work, it's not a ton of money I'm asking for. I'll bartend eight days a week. Like, we'll work. We'll, we'll hustle and we'll yeah. get you your money back before I eat. You know what I mean, yeah like, yeah, my priorities, mm-hmm. and uh going back to that character thing, those people that lent us money, same thing, like they didn't you know they
1: lent us money because they believed in us, right, mm-hmm. so like um you know, and that's a lifetime of doing the right thing. This is something my father always says. he says, people are always watching you, and they're making judgments about you, whether it's good or bad, not that you have to live your life on eggshells around people, but you try to do the right thing every 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 day, and like you said, when people. When you think people aren't watching, they're still watching. Yeah, exactly. And you build up a sort of resume as just a human being, and then when you need, when you need ten grand, yeah, (laughs) you know. know, know, And and I'm forever grateful for those, you know, handful of people
0: that believed in us from day one, and really got us, you know, our start. Uh, I'm also grateful that our first—I say it a lot—I'm grateful that our first business wasn't Patchlog, because it has been, you know, unbelievable. Uh, And you could probably relate, right? Your your first. Uh, I wouldn't I, be
1: here today if I didn't start in Patchogue,
0: and I I, I feel the same way. Um, you know, the village is so accommodating. Everyone in the village, the mayor, uh, you know, the chamber, the, the community as a whole. Um, you know, just it was so many good things coming together at the perfect time, uh, and and we hit right we hit the timing right with Patchogue in itself and its growth. We hit the timing right with craft beer and that growth. We kind of hit the timing right of you know taking really great pub fair and food and, and putting that in, you know, as, as that type of, um, scratch kitchen and gastro pub idea kept growing. So like, I think we hit a lot of few trends, um, at the right time, but I'm a
1: big believer of you kind of create your own luck, you know? Yeah. You could have the right idea at the right time. And if you don't execute, you know, you're screwed. Um, at what point I, I asked this question, a lot of successful, uh, you know, people who start businesses, at what point did you know it was going to work? At what point did you look around and be like, holy shit, you know, this is- this yeah, is so like, exactly
0: you know, the original be. tap room 10 years ago, didn't have a second floor, didn't, didn't have an outdoor patio. It was just kind of this one little room. We were kind of busting at the seams. It was good. It wasn't that impressive because the space really wasn't that big, right? So like, we knew people wanted to be there and it was packed and you could barely stand in the place. But, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't really that many people. So it was really two years in, um, John and Scotty had approached us and said, hey, you know, this is really your thing. Um, it's probably not big enough for four of us. Uh, do you want to buy right. us out?
1: So, for two years, you're splitting your. Between four guys and a tiny. Place. Yeah, it's like, not a lot. We weren't really. Of breaking, meat you know, on the bone. We weren't yeah. really getting
0: rich there. <laughs> so, uh, they were like. A lot know, of work, um, not a lot of money. Yeah, so, you know, we worked for two years and really didn't make that much money. But, like I said, we were able to make enough to pay back our people. We learned a lot. Like I said, we just mm. absorbed everything we could. Of Built a brand? Of being business owners. And we actually, two years in, we bought them out and we broke ground on our outdoor patio. I think it was like the same day or um, very close to the same day. And Dave and I knew, cause we were there every day that, hey, when we get this outdoor patio in the summer months, like it's probably gonna double our business. Cause we know the there's people trying to get in. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and you know, we started building that outdoor patio. And then we're like, man, we need even more space. Like we need to figure out how to buy this building. We need to figure out how to turn the apartments on the second floor into a whole another floor of tap room, um, which is exactly what happened, you know? So the patio location just kept growing and growing. Uh, which then allowed us to use that as a springboard to really start building the rest of the company.
1: Right. So once you um, once you expanded upstairs, and Nick, that was even before you came on board with Greater Patchogue. One of the biggest stories I had was the tap room expanding upstairs, which you wouldn't think. And that was kind of cool about my little niche, like. You know, Newsday, a bigger news outlet, would never talk about a restaurant expanding upstairs. Yeah. but I was able to do that, and it went nuts. Yeah, and that's why I've always, I've
0: always appreciated, and valued, and of what you guys do, and how uh, you know it's not just a news blotter, and it's and it's and you really care about the community because ultimately that's
1: uh, what we're all about. Yeah, neighborhood bar that everyone loves expands upstairs, and it was the biggest story of ever when we launched the site. We had a picture of you outside, yeah, right? That's awesome. Um, I remember that but then you know like you said you were getting hey can we have a fantasy draft here we got 15 guys and you're just seeing money get turned away at the door so yeah we just didn't have the space the fact that you were able to pull it off is good because obviously people live there and stuff uh and then you got the patio which looked great you got the outdoor tvs and then you start making a little money and you make a mistake right would you call it a mistake well no uh
0: um before that, so, you know, we were making money and like, you know, I would say lesson number two, as we made more money, Dave and I lived the exact same lifestyle and we were like, we're going to take a, the little extra money we're just starting to make and we're going to roll it into the next project,
1: right? Is Dave still buying a lot of sneakers at this point? Uh,
0: now he's got a daughter, so he's buying a lot of baby sneakers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Achiever. Uh, but um, yeah,
0: so, you know, we just kind of kept, uh, um, our lifestyle did not grow at the same rate as the business income, which has allowed us, you know, to keep, to, to keep growing, but uh, it was really um, 2015. We wanted to open another location. We had a handful of people coming at us, like, "Hey, we want to invest." And you know, Dave and I were like, "We we don't know if we're successful because we're we're local. Um, I grew up. I went to Bayport High School. Dave went to Patrick. Uh, so we're like, you know, local guys. You know, bartending in the community for years, know a ton of people. We're like, let's go do something before we take on money. Let's go do something somewhere else and prove the concept." Um, We ended up giving in because, you know, it's expensive to open a restaurant. So it was was actually our accountant, Kevin, who an accountant is really the only one who really knows the true story, right? So, like, he saw us growing, doing good. He's like, hey, I want to be a part with you guys. So uh, he's our, you know, kind of our um, third partner uh, in in all the tap rooms to the current day. So he got involved with us with our second one out in Massapequa Park. Um, And Massapequa Park opened and the floodgates, like, we were packed from day one. And... uh, so you're like, all right, I guess, and we didn't know one person, you know, like I didn't know anyone out there. So I'm like, all right, it proves that I think people like, you know, what we're doing, um, and that was, and that was uh, opening our second taproom location um, in 2015, and then like a year later, uh, we decided to jump into two different concepts really at the exact same time.
1: Can I stop you before you get into that? It's a good if. if You know, I have a feeling this podcast is going to catch some traction with people who want to do similar things. Um, It's a little scary when you have a concept and it starts to prove itself very publicly. There are a lot of, like, a lot of people out there who want to kind of take a bite at you. They're kind of like sharks. And you have to kind of, like, be a little careful who you trust, which when you said you went with your accountant, there's no better person, you know, who knows your business and knows.
0: With Kevin... uh we just he was you know he was like one of us right he was just like a good guy a guy i'd have a beer with a guy i trust a guy i really um uh value he's great business mind lesson number three like surround yourself with the right people right so it's like uh he was one of those um people that was just like he's a guy i want in my corner right so um that's kind of you know how it how it happened
1: did you have not did you have to get into it did you have any sort of shady uh guys coming up to you like oh i could do this i could do that you know uh well you didn't have to deal with too much of that i had to deal with a little that
0: not really Mm -hmm. just you know um some like just kind of maybe friends or people that brought no value like just the money which money's valuable but like if i'm gonna take on money i would rather uh take on someone who also brings some other type of value. To the equation right like i said Kevin. Because now that work is in house kevin had a great business mind he's an accountant he you know helped with finances and you know all, all that type of value um as opposed to some just random investor that says you know here's
1: whatever we've yeah. had people sort of reach out to us well oh, investors lined up and you know i'll throw money we'll blow this up <laughs> but it's like you know nothing about what we do you've yeah. never proven that you could take the time to even understand what we do and we don't want your money you know because i'm not going to answer to someone who doesn't understand the product so you know if someone was like hey i'm a former new york times guy i started this thing in 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 queens and it's blowing up and i like what you're doing maybe we could talk i'll have that conversation but if it's just like a yahoo that thinks this is like a you know a money maker he wants to get in on then you have to just be like oh okay very nice and just move on with your life but anyway so you're about to get into uh what you did after yes
0: yeah, so after uh so after Running people for a year everything's going well um you know we side up two different concepts pretty much at the same time one was called uh bango bowls so we were selling acai bowls the original store is still there today it's attached to our tapro mass store
1: and that was sort of serendipitous because you had like a little space next to you it was like a computer it's a little
0: computer store. Yeah, exactly a, a it's a like shop? i think it's like 700 square feet like it's a shoebox tiny um and uh we opened i think it was january 4th maybe um so there's snow on the ground we're thinking this business is seasonal which five years later it is seasonal but at the time (laughs) a line down the street and people are waiting in the snow waiting for this acai bowl because it was amazing and we were like really the first like real acai store in Nassau County. So we were pulling from this like massive radius. So we're just really like just crushing it. At the same time, we opened a place called Flight in Patchogue. Um, To this day, uh, we still think it's a pretty fun, cool concept. Um, uh, Uh, Yeah, and like, um, so, you know, the story of Flight was we really, I think we were only open six months. um, And uh, we were, it was really tiny store. We were almost too busy on the weekends, like two, three hour wait. You know, we weren't turning tables. People are hanging out there. So, uh, it was, it was, we just weren't making the money on a Friday, Saturday night where you want to, we had the demand, we just couldn't fit the people. And then like the weekdays, um, you know, it was more of like a date night spot. I think we just, you know, weren't doing the weekday business. And again, we didn't really give it enough of a chance, but when I was kind of looking at the numbers and it kind of hit me in my point in my career where like, if it was my uh, first business, I would probably, it would probably still be open. If it was twice the size, it would probably still be open. And if I opened it probably this year or last year, it would still be open. But at the time we weren't advanced enough as businessmen to have like, you know, a portfolio restaurant that we only showed up to five hours a week and we put our systems and processes and team in place. So it was taking way too much of my time and my other businesses were doing so great. So I'm like, at that point in my career, it's like my return on my time is here. And my return on my time that I'm getting on a flight is down here. So I'm just... And it didn't help that Bango Bowls was just absolutely crushing it. And we're like, man, we need to you know, scale this thing. So I was like, you know what? Um, I could swallow my pride. like, You know what I mean? Like,
1: now You had told me back then that um, you had listened to a podcast. I don't know if you even recall this. And the guy was saying, like, sometimes... You know, when you have a business and you put a lot of money, but you're emotionally attached to it. You have to learn to just walk away, for whatever reason. Yeah, I was I gonna say I.
0: Um, it was actually Richard Branson, mm-hmm. I think. If if you're talking about the same thing, I, uh, Richard Branson has like. I don't hun- listen to podcasts. He has. He has. He, I, <laughs> it was like he had like hundreds of businesses, right? Uh, and the person interviewing him was like he's had so many fail. Right. And he's at virgin this. And, you know, he, he, I think he started one, uh, it was a wedding dress company. It was called like virgin virgin bridal. Right. He's like, that one didn't work out. (laughs) Uh, but, um, she's like, you know, you've had so many fail. And he's like, if you, if every business you open succeeds, you're not pushing the envelope, right? Like you're not, you're not trying hard enough. You're not, you're not going out there if everything is just that successful. So I listened to that, I was like, you know what? You're right, like, uh, I could swallow my pride. Like, I'm not gonna keep this, you know, just to keep a reputation. Like, I'm gonna, this I don't think makes sense for me in the moment, um, so I'm just gonna sell it. And even if I take a little bit of a haircut, that's fine because everything else in my life is is going great and I'm just gonna look forward. So that was
1: kind of the decision and ultimately- It was a ballsy move after six months. And yeah. It's funny to think about reputation because. From my perspective, and you know, I'm not everybody, but it never even had to mind. Like, we talked, you know, you gave me some insights. But if I saw you and you had this place, and after six months you closed it, I wouldn't have thought a single different thing about it. And you. like,
0: I've had I had some other restaurant tours at the time come up to me, like, man, I actually respect you because I think you have more guts than me. I think my pride would have been to hold on a little bit yeah. longer, yeah. right? And I'm like, I'm good. Like,
1: you're, you're, uh, slowing the growth of your other businesses
0: yeah and that you know that exactly and that it all worked out because that freed up my time um because uh that following year um we ended up going after uh the beach huts that became available and we won what i believe to be the best one in salt jack and maybe i wouldn't maybe i would have had the mindset like oh i don't i can't even tackle that you know i don't have the
1: mental bandwidth or the time to do that um but I did, and I was like, let's go for it, and it's... If you didn't bail on flight, you may not have gotten down to so, to uh, uh, you know, to Babylon. Yeah. Uh, we've all seen the Instagram photos, and we've been there. But if you yeah. see the Instagram photos, it looks like a so, lot of Palooza. So, on yeah, we were...
0: Um, so, uh, the quick story on that. So, those come for bid. It's in Newsday. There's seven beach huts available. I'm kind of talking to Dave and Kevin. Like, we should go after this. I'm like, guys, we kind of got a nice little couple tap rooms, a bango or two. Like, uh, so, you were a little reluctant? You know, I was like, yeah. I just think we're going against way bigger
1: fish, right? And I've been to the beach hut over. This is uh, Jamie's talking about uh, Cedar Beach and Babylon and Ocean Parkway. Yeah, and uh, you know the beach huts were there for a while, and I used to keep my boat across the okay. bay, so yeah, I was there, yeah. you know, every weekend yep. for a while. But it, it was fun, but it never packed out. You know, it never what they were never able to do what you guys did, which is. Yeah, thanks. And, amazing. you know, uh, I. Fun and just, you know, a lot of, not the crap why, on these a guys. guys are but... my
0: partners and my old bosses. So it came full circle, right? Because Dave and I met working at Dublin Deck. I worked for those guys for 10 years to started in high school. And uh, going back to that whole character work ethic thing, um, the beach house are going up for bid. I kind of call Mark, um, who was the other owner, uh, one of the other. Mark owners, Miller, Dublin Mark Miller De- at Dublin Deck. Mark Miller at Dublin Deck. I'm like, are you guys going have these beach huts? He's like, oh, yeah, of course. And I was like I think this we should, is great. he's like I, I was like I think we should partner up and he's like yeah he's like all right um, you know what's what's your thoughts I'm like well you got a great business in Dublin deck I think it's extremely uh, similar to what they're they're probably looking for um, but at the same time you're going against way bigger fish too if we come together now we're a bigger company um, there's things you know uh, there's things that they've I and kevin can bring to the table um you know one is bringing our quick serve bango bowls healthy concept like let's sell some acai bowls and stuff like that to the uh, residents of babylon on the beach um and uh you guys have amazing success and experience booking bands and creating this tropical you know three hour vacation
1: as Mm -hmm. we call it um so, i call it face down ass up on the <laughs> dance floor at the dublin deck
0: yeah but so, so that's what we did and i think there was like um 20 companies that bid on uh salt shack and we were lucky enough to win it Wow! and it was awesome and it's been awesome this is we're going into our fifth year and uh that following year we went and won the two restaurants down the street for the town of oyster bay at Tow bay beach so we operate those too yeah so this is what you were doing and they, and then they you know, their operator was out, and they're like, "Oh, these
1: guys are having success five miles east of us. Like, these are the guys we yeah. want to run our places." And it's amazing what you guys are doing because, like I said, I wasn't trying to shit on uh, the beach acts, but that was a cool concept for its time because before that, beaches on Long Island it wasn't like on New England, Jersey Shore, and Ocean City where there's like fun stuff on the beach. Where we grew up, driving to Robert Moses, unless you're on Fire Island, you're just like sitting there with an igloo cooler, like sneaking beers in a solo cop and hoping that the cops aren't driving around in their, you know, four by fours. Um, well, you know, when, when the beach hut started coming, come, it's like, oh, this is cool. You could drink on the beach. Beach hut did a like, great job. Yeah, we uh, were happy with they, that, but they, I didn't even know what you guys were doing was even possible. Like, now it's just They took these little awesome. shacks and,
0: and beach yeah. hut made a cool place. Yeah. Um, and I think we just came in and put a little gasoline on the fire. Right. You know, we um in real palm trees from Florida, so, which, uh, just kind of changes the game it really gives you that tropical feel yeah so well, now Long Island is like the beaches are fun now so and uh, so thank you for that
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah it's great uh, I kind of pinch myself all the time when the sun's setting and the band's playing and there's 1500 people playing volleyball and the dance floor is packed and I'm like man how, how lucky am I to you know um, be able to operate this place and it's
1: just it's, it's just awesome it's awesome Nick did you take the picture of the uh, original oh, dream team over okay. there yeah, it was like looking at Jordan and Barkley. Summer beach location. spots are, are a lot of fun. Yeah, it was just cool. So now you have the, now you got the tap room and you got, well, you just opened the Rockville Center.
0: Uh, we opened uh, where we're sitting now, Bayshore. Yeah, um, I'm skipping around. Uh, July, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, same thing, that one, you know, opened up and uh, it's it's been amazing since we opened. And then obviously, you know, COVID hits, right? So um, COVID obviously extremely difficult to operate scary right i never thought that hey i might have one business fail but you know now i kind of have um when covid hits we have five bangle bowls we have three tap rooms we have four beach spots yeah you were just getting so you- like all right one might fail but on a stop of a dime every business just stops my income stops and now i have you know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bills due the next week when I add up everything and I'm just like, oh my, this is scary. Right,
1: you know? now in your personal life, what was going on at that time?
0: Uh, married, had a, uh, at the time my son was only six months old. So you just had a baby. Right, so I just had a baby. Did you buy a house yet? Uh, nope, I was living in the apartments across the street from um, a, new village. A, a new village in yeah. Patchogue, which I loved. I kind of stole my wife for a few years. She wanted to buy a house. I was like, I, I, live, I live living in here. America. Um, it was great, but at the same time it was going back to that concept of like living below my means so Mm. I could do what I want to do business wise. So like, um, you know, part of me was, uh, Hey, I'm going to live in an apartment to save a few bucks. so I can keep doing what I'm doing. And I happen to love living there. So it wasn't really, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was sacrificing
1: anything. Um, so, uh, so you have a baby, Yep. you recently married and the whistle gets blown on all seven or eight of your businesses at this point to just shut down.
0: Uh, yeah, actually, I think I was like patient X because I was, <laughs> yes, um, I, remember this. I was in, uh, I went down to, um, St. Martin for a bachelor party, uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving of 2020, I mean, of, uh, St. Patrick's day 2020. And, uh, I go with like 15 guys. We come back Monday morning, everyone texts like, Hey, I'm not feeling good. I'm like, I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling good. Like, I'm like, Oh shit. We realized that we all had COVID and we, so we came back to the States, uh, our wives didn't want us to go in the first place, and not only did we came back, but we now we gave them all COVID, right? So, uh, you know, there was no playbook on how do you handle this with business. So even though I wasn't around any of my staff, um, and I probably could have kept the businesses open, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be totally transparent to the public. I'm going to jump on Facebook Live, and I'm going to say, hey. Um, uh, and at the time, I actually didn't say it was me, but I'm like, yeah, one of our, I was like, someone has COVID. One of our staff has COVID. We're closing for two weeks. But that was like
1: saint patty's day like that was like it was that week you were supposed to be at a meeting with me and a couple other guys at the village idiot that morning and i remember seeing the pictures coming in of the bachelor party (laughs) and then they're like ah jamie has a fucking flu or something (laughs) i'm like the flu is everyone
0: reading the news yes uh yeah so i had covid we closed um you know and then obviously it was a tough time but uh you were a little banged up right yeah, you know, I um, it was it's crazy just how it affects everyone different. But mm. you know, whatever, 102 fever for a few days, mm. really, you know, legs t- so much pain. Uh, and you then, had the original COVID. And then uh, a week later, my wife loses her taste and smell, which didn't happen to me, but it happened to her. So it was just, you know, it was just just when it because it was the first week or two of COVID. You know, it was just a little scary, not knowing what's what's going on. It was scary being in a little apartment holding a six month old too, right? It's like you don't know how it's going to affect your your baby. Um, so then, business was just you know just trying to make it work, and uh, um, uh, you know we we uh, kind of pivoted. We did um, virtual bar crawls. We did virtual trivia. We worked with the local towns and had outdoor dining. Like we just made it happen, right? So we had a great summer, um, and kind of was going into the winter of twenty twenty, like not expecting much because there was restrictions and you know fifty percent occupancy. Um, and at the time, we were really uh, using this operational software for a couple of years, trying to learn how to operate more than one store, being a better multi-unit operator, so we could really, you know, tick-tap them to the next level and offer an even better you know, um, experience for our guests. And just kind of talking with that, uh, that owner of the software company, he was kind of asking me how COVID affected us. And uh, I kind of said, hey, we made it happen. I think we have a brand a tap room that people like same thing with bangle bowls like you know we want to grow these brands um and he was like i have a great coach for you i have someone who's helped a lot of brands go from infancy four locations to 500 you should work with her and that's what we've been doing the last year we've been kind of behind the scenes working with um you know this coach and uh it's been amazing so we're kind of on a path to keep
1: growing now to have survived covid and again you know basho was still new you know and everything survived nicely it's almost like I would say if you're going to buy a house near the water and it did okay in Sandy, then you should be good to go, you know, forever. So, you know, to have this proven concept now and you bought Rockville Center too, you opened in Rockville Center too, so you proved it in Nassau, you proved it in Suffolk, proved it in a little, a metro sort of downtown area. This is, well, I guess they're all sort of metro yeah, downtown. Well, now they're areas downtown. Are, right? a couple yeah. of
0: cases in the works that are kind of going oh. away from the downtown. All right, so let's so push like, it, right? Yeah, this is like the next <laughs> evolution of our storefronts. But, yeah, you hit it nail on the head. Like, I think COVID gave us the real confidence. Like, hey, if we got through that, we can kind of get through anything. Like, let's put the pedal on the gas and let's have fun. And, uh, you know, we get um, – it gives us, you know, pride and excitement, not just for us, but really for the team. Like, uh, it's fun being able to create opportunity for the people around us and and, and be able to help build their lives and their careers and, and money – has been able for us to do great things. Like, uh, we raised money. um, We built a dining hall and a kitchen over in Kenya and affected a whole community. Um, You know, this past year, uh, we partnered with IGHL, um, which is is a a charity that uh, helps, um, it's independent group home living, but it helps people with special needs and like work programs and day living programs so our staff has been going to volunteer with them we've been donating money to them so like uh it's you know really rewarding as we grow to be able to do things like that to provide opportunity awesome. you know it's,
1: yeah, it's i stuff. think it's like not to get too much into macro politics but i think it's important to embolden people and given that sort of upward mobility that if they do succeed then they could they could start helping the people next to them as Mother Teresa says, if you want to help people, turn to the person next to you. Yeah, uh, Jamie, this has totally. been awesome. Can I ask you one question? 2000 and what is it, 2022? In five years, where do you want to see this taproom empire that these two I think, broke-ass I think, bartenders? Yeah, I think five years, we're probably sitting
0: around like 20 locations total. Hmm. Uh, yeah. We'll probably be out at of a, at a state by then in, in other states. Um, and that's kind of uh, the foundation we're building
1: right now and the team we're building around us to make that happen. Amazing. Now, if, if Nick and I are driving down to Ocean City and we stop in a tap room, could we mention you? Are they, at that point, they're going to be like, who the fuck are you talking about?
0: No, they're going to be like, hey, I listened to that podcast and I know, <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> All
1: right, very good. This has been great. I'm, finally, I'm happy that we got your, uh, we got your story on yeah, record here. Appreciate the time. It's, it's, it's a great is, one to it's tell. It's awesome.
0: Strongest that I've ever felt before In my current state and in these days of war We must grow together or the end is near Fixing up your skin and loosen up your
1: fears I've been waiting, waiting, waiting through my limitations Choosing to move to